0: I-V-M I-V-M You are listening to The Signal Daily Brought to you by Front Page Studios Who runs the world? Influencers apparently. So much so that the Indian government is now rolling out national awards To celebrate the influencers and creators, specially targeting the trend-setting Gen Z crowd. And as the Economic Times reports, the awards will span across 20 categories, such as Green Champions, Swachita Ambassadors, Agro Creators, and Tech Creators. Could this be the government's way of wooing influencers? Well, looks like it. See, it's no secret that the government has been trying to tap into the power of creators. Take for example, Indian influencer Ranveer Alabadia. He has over 11 million followers on YouTube and Instagram. And while he's been offering dating tips, fashion advice and motivational content for years, 2023 marked a shift for him. You must have already noticed that his videos are now dipping into politics, featuring interviews with top figures from India's ruling Bharatiya Janata Party, like Foreign Minister S.J. Shankar and Minority Affairs Minister Smriti Rani. And he's not the only one. Influencers such as Kamya Jani and Raj Shamani are also jumping into the fray, conducting interviews with politicians like Rahul Gandhi and Nitin Gadkari, respectively. Now, if you're wondering why politicians are all over influencers, well, it's a no-brainer. With political campaigns going digital, influencers are the go-to for connecting with a younger generation who basically live online. Plus, it's all about swaying as many people as possible before the upcoming Lok Sabha elections. In fact, as per a rest-of-world report, YouTube has become a major player in India's election campaigns this year. And that's because a whopping 87% of YouTube users in India turned to the platform during national news events. According to a 2021 Oxford economic study commissioned by YouTube, and Apar Gupta, a tech lawyer and co-founder of the Internet Freedom Foundation, told Rest of World, and I'm quoting him verbatim, the 2024 general election will be a YouTube election, especially in urban areas. Moreover, it's not just India. The trend extends globally. In November of last year, the White House hosted its first-ever creator holiday party, welcoming influencers to attend and share content from the event. And what was the aim? Well, Joe Biden sought to harness the voices of these influencers and creators to connect with young voters. Seems like this election season, influence is the new currency. For the next few minutes... You're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Anaswini and this is the Deep Dive for 12th February 2024. As I was talking in the previous story, 2024 is the year of elections. And last week, our neighbor Pakistan went to the polls and delivered a surprise. So the thing is, Pakistan's former Prime Minister, Nawaz Sharif, was widely expected to emerge victorious in the polls. After all, he was believed to have the blessings of Pakistan's kingmaker, the military. But as per the latest count, his party, Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz, has fallen short of expectations, winning only 71 out of 265 seats in Pakistan's National Assembly. Bilabal Bhutto Zardari's Pakistan People's Party also came up short with only 54 seats with most of its wins coming in its home turf, Sindh. However, in a surprise, independent candidates affiliated with Imran Khan's Pakistan tehreek e insaf won as many as 94 seats, collectively emerging as the biggest bloc in the country's National Assembly. And well, not many can say that they saw it coming. After all, the odds were stacked up against Imran Khan and his party. For one, the former Prime Minister has been in jail since August last year and could not contest elections. Plus, last month, a court sentenced him to prison for 10 years for leaking state secrets. And to add salt to the injury, Pakistan's election commission stripped his party of its electoral symbol, a cricket bat, due to which Imran Khan's loyalists had no option but to contest elections independently. And as the economist noted, in a country where election-related laws are rarely enforced, this was the Pakistani army signalling voters that they should not bother voting for Imran Khan's party. And if you recall, Khan was ousted from power in April 2022 after clashing with the military. A rare sight in Pakistan's politics, Khan publicly criticised the military in his rallies. And after he was briefly arrested in May last year, thousands of his supporters went on a rampage, smashing up military installations. The violent riots of May 9th in Pakistan entirely burned the bridges between Khan and Pakistan's most powerful institution, its army. And yet, Imran Khan's independence grabbed more seats than Nawaz Sharif's party. Which means that despite his beef with the military, Imran Khan is quite popular among voters in Pakistan. And Pakistan's people are in turn fed up with the military, as a New York Times report from a military-friendly city in Punjab's Jhelum indicated. The army, so to speak, has been thoroughly checkmated. However, since no party has secured a majority, Pakistan's next government will most likely be a coalition and Sharif might as well make a comeback. Just not in the way everyone thought he would. Speaking from Lahore over the weekend, Sharif claimed victory and vowed to form an alliance with Bhutto's People's Party. And as Bloomberg pointed out, some independents may also be poached by other parties as they are mostly political novices. But whoever gets to lead the government, the challenge will remain the same. Pakistan badly needs an economic turnaround. With political instability a near certain possibility, given the dynamics of any coalition government. And according to Bloomberg, inflation in Pakistan is running at 28%. So the new leader will also have to negotiate a new deal with the International Monetary Fund as the current bailout program expires in March. And let's just say it's going to be very difficult. And given that no party got a decisive mandate, it seems Pakistan's voters have little confidence in their rulers, both the selectors and the selected. Because after all, it's gone off-script. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at signal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched, written and produced by Anoop Semwal and me edited by Venkat Anand and Soumya Gupta, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.